I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 179 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. There are many ways to get in touch, get involved. Let me know what you love what you hate and what you want to hear more of on this show guys we are marching right along the hashtag usual prospects all killer no filler marching on to the draft we're only a few weeks away we have hit those running backs we have hit the wide receivers we've even done a little bit of a mock draft hopefully you enjoyed that i know i did and A little baseball analogy here for you. When the going gets hot and heavy, it's getting into the end of the game. You bring in your heavy hitters. You bring in your closers. And I've got a closer in here for us. He is an absolute legend in the game, in the dynasty space. It is none other than Randall Memphis Young at DWZ Memphis, host of the Dynasty Warzone, an OG of the dynasty space, a very good friend of the show, a good friend of mine, and a beautiful human being. Memphis, how the heck are you, buddy? Man, I am doing great, and thank you for such a kind introduction to the show. Um, exciting time. Uh, happy to be called the closer. You mentioned a baseball, and I'm actually wearing a baseball hat. But even the the good people of you know Europe, they 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 may not recognize all the major league logos, but for your American listeners, which you should have a lot of as well. This is actually a minor league team. So I don't know that I'm a major league player. I'm more of a minor league guy that my minor league hat, but I know I'm uh, amongst friends and a great space to talk dynasty fantasy football. So I'm ready to spend some time with you. Oh, no. So you are underselling yourself. Absolutely ridiculous. You are the, uh, let me let me go back in, in the annals of, of my past life of watching baseball here. You're a Mariano Rivera level closer um, that I'm bringing in to, you know, kind of seal the deal here with this series. We're coming in for a landing. We're going to be talking quarterbacks. And uh, yeah, we, you know, we got to bring out the big guns. Got to bring out the big guns. If you guys have never heard Memphis, you definitely got to go check him out. Check out his show. One of the first Dynasty podcasts I ever listened to, uh, honestly, was the Nerd Herd, the guys over at the Dynasty Nerds who I do some work with, and the Dynasty Warzone. So it was two of the first sort of Dynasty podcasts I ever stumbled across, and um, absolute legend. You know, Memphis is honestly, I think I got to go back and check the stats here, but he's definitely been on the show a few times. He's he was one of my first like five or 10 guests on the show. I want to say like he literally came on literally. I only had a couple of shows out and he was very kind and generous with his time. And hey, you know, real quick, do you have my stats? Cause I, I feel like like the least amount of downloads ever, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the least relevant. No. No, I'm, I'm joking. I, I, Fake I, news. I think this is, I think this is my third or fourth time here. Yeah. And every time that you ask, I'm always like, absolutely, man. I, I love coming to the debates. You are one of the the kindest, most positive people in the dynasty space, and the world needs more of that. So, 
Um, thank you for the kind words, but man, I'm, I'm excited to be back. Hopefully I don't kill your downloads for the week. Oh no, it'll be absolutely bumped up for sure. If you know anything about Memphis, you know that he is awesome, knows a lot of stuff about Dynasty, got a lot of insights, really generous with his time. But one of my favorite little um, nuances of Memphis as a person is he has all these hilarious little sayings. So like these like Southern like sayings that he just like whips out at a moment's notice. So I haven't even told Memphis this, but I've been I've been doing some research. I've been doing my research. I've been digging in here and I've got me some some sayings. I'm just going to just going to sprinkle them in throughout the episode here. I'm going to try and catch Memphis off guard, make him feel a little bit at home here and uh, see if we can drop in some southern sayings and that he'll hopefully know. Something is wrong with you! I got a fever! Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever! Gonna start right at the tippy top. I mentioned we brought in a closer. We've brought in the big guns. You know, obviously I had to create a GoFundMe campaign to pay Memphis's fee. Um, and we're going to talk, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to go straight in for the jugular. We're going to talk Bryce Young. So Bryce Young, as if you've been listening to the, the show at all, if you've been listening to this series, you know that what I do as the host, I'll go through some sort of stats, facts, and figures about the player we're going to talk about. Then I'll throw it to my lovely guest and get their sort of opinions, takes, um, hot or not. And what they like, what they don't like about them. And then I'll just chip in if I have any opinions that may vary. We'll kind of try and reach a bit of a consensus uh, if we aren't too far apart about where we would maybe draft them in our rookie drafts, things like that. So Mr. Bryce Young, he hails from Alabama, 21-year-old junior, uh, five-star recruit, former five-star recruit, five foot 10, 204 pounds is the official combine measurements, though rumor on the street is that he did play south of 200. That was one of the knocks. One of the concerns was his size. Now, a couple interesting things about Mr. Young. He's the only quarterback in Alabama history to throw for 3,000 plus yards in two separate seasons. So that's pretty impressive when you think about what a prestigious um, you know, institution Alabama football is. Uh, he finished second in program history for career passing yards and passing touchdowns. So again, very, very impressive young man. And um, he was the nation's top ranked dual threat quarterback by all major outlets when he was coming out of high school. So he's kind of one of those guys that was thought incredibly highly of in high school and then kind of followed through in college, went to, you know, arguably um, the best college program, one of the best college programs out there and just dominated, you know, leaves as a record holder with that school and just did some really great things. So for example, if we just look at even last year's sort of stats, really, he played in 12 games. He had 245 completions out of 380 pass attempts. So 64.5%, roughly 65% completion through for over 3,300 yards, 8.8 yards per attempt, um, and 32 touchdowns with only five interceptions. So really, really nice statistics. Um, and all obviously, 
statistics can be deceiving. I'm sure we'll talk about some guys later where maybe certain things look really good but maybe they're not as good um, as they may seem at first blush. So obviously this all sounds really good. I'm building, you know, Memphis up here to, to tell us the download, but going to sprinkle this in here first. First, is this truth Memphis or is this just a bunch of cattywampus? I don't know if I use that term correctly because I have no idea what it means, but I've, I've heard this as a, a word. So first, first of all, cattywampus is, is a great word, but like, Cattywampus really means like askew or out of alignment. So like if if a carpenter built you a set of cattywampus stairs, that means they're all messed up. They're not square. They're not level. But but not bad. Cattywampus is a is a great word. And, not and bad yes, for a I, first effort. But very good for a first effort. And you pronounced it correct correctly because a lot of people don't get cattywampus. But uh, you're talking about Bryce Young, man. You know what? He is, in my opinion the safest QB in this class. Now, this year, for the first time ever, um, for people looking for my dynasty rankings, you can find those on the partners page over at toiletstotitles.com. My good friend John Sheps and the gangs over, over there at Toilets to Titles, they are hosting my rankings on their website as I don't have a website to host them on. But uh, he's on my safe side. And, and, and can I have a minute, if you don't mind, to, to kind of explain the difference between the safe side and the and the, the not-so-safe side. Love it. Go for it, man. Knock yourself out. Well, first of all, in Superflex and in two QB leagues, you, you got to have a stud. If you don't have a top-10 guy at the quarterback position as your QB1, do whatever you can, trade whatever you can to get that guy. You know, the end of that range for me is like the Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott range. That's really like the, the QB9-10, and, and you got to be in that pocket because anything beyond that's not really a QB1. A QB1 is a guy that has top five overall at the position upside in his range of outcomes. So you got to have that guy. So let's push that off to the side for a second. Then you have a QB2. Let's say you have a very safe QB2. You have a Derek Carr, a Kirk Cousins, a Jared Goff, a guy that you can comfortably rely on. Then you can take an upside swing at your QB3, one of these rookies. You know, if I had a Goff or a Cousins, and I'll, I'll cover this as we talk about some of these guys, then you know what? I'm going to take the big swing of a Levis or an Anthony Richardson. Now, conversely, if I have my stud, remember we have our stud. If we don't have our stud, we're going to go get a stud. And then we're going to revisit this. And then your QB2 is, you know, Justin Fields is on his, in his own unique category. He could be either way. He could be number one overall, or he could flame out. He's got He's the most fascinating guy in the QB realm right now. But let's say you have a guy as your QB2, and Maybe you lost Tom Brady, he retired, or you have a hurt, a hurt Matthew Stafford, or you have a Trey Lance that you're not sure about, a Mac Jones, who just a year ago we liked, now we have questions. Then in that case, you may want to invest in a safer rookie prospect like a Bryce Young, like a CJ Stroud. Those guys are much more safe. Uh, I've jokingly said uh, a number of times, I know we have an international audience, but I, I think this may resonate. If you're looking for the safety of a Nissan Altima with the upside of a Toyota Corolla, that's Bryce Young and, and, and CJ Stroud. These guys are not going to bomb your dynasty roster, you know, but for them to be very successful, I know you mentioned he was a dual threat rushing quarterback, but his size in the NFL, I don't think that's feasible. So for him to help you win in dynasty, he's going to have to put up Kirk Cousin numbers, Jared Goff numbers. And, and what is that? That's 4,500, 4,200 passing yards, 30-ish TDs. 
And based on last year's data, that's going to give you about a QB 9 to 10 overall season. Perfect. If my QB 2 is landing me in the QB 10 overall on the season to the QB 15 overall on the season, cool. That That's what I'm expecting from Bryce Young. I think he's extremely talented. I think he, above all of these other guys, is the most well-suited to land in a spot like Carolina, to land in a spot like Houston. Because traditionally, these big power quarterbacks land in bad situations. Baker landed in Cleveland. Sorry, it's been a trash fire for many decades. You know, it looks like Trevor Lawrence may be the thing to stabilize Jacksonville the way Peyton Manning stabilized Indianapolis because I'm a Colts fan, but I'm not going to pretend like the Jeff George era didn't exist. You know, these are the the, the things. So Bryce Young is is a guy that's going to put safety on your side. He is mature enough. He's played well enough that if he lands in one of these spots, he's going to be a solid QB2 for you. And he's going to be a guy that's going to land in uh, in that, that that QB 10 to 12 overall, pretty much for his career, which is fine. Just remember that, though, before I throw it back to Evan, just remember that the next time someone makes fun of Kirk Cousins. Because, you know, they're like, you got to get rid of Kirk Cousins. I'm like, why would you want to get rid of Kirk Cousins? Do you hate 4,500 yards? Do you hate 30 touchdowns? I don't understand. So I, I like Bryce Young. I think he's a solid prospect. And... Um, I think he's a safe prospect, safest, safest of the group. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. Like I definitely feel that as far, like, like we talked about, I'm sure we'll get into the weeds a little bit about things like upside and what that looks like and what that means and stuff. But as far as just locked and loaded, I think I know what I'm getting. I feel like Bryce Young is the dude and in this class, you know, I feel like you watch him and you think, yeah, I can envision that in an NFL team and I can envision him doing good things. Um, Now, I think you're also right in saying, I don't see him and think, oh my goodness, he's going to be like a top three dynasty quarterback. I don't see that personally. Um, Obviously, the size concerns a little bit. Obviously, the lack of, you know, kind of elite level rushing. That's so important for most, if not all of the kind of dynasty elite quarterbacks. Um, They have to either have that Mahomesian Herbert level arm talent that's just otherworldly, which I don't think Bryce has. I think he's very accurate. I think he's a very quick processor of the game, which I like to see. You know, he seems to make decisions very quickly and he doesn't make a lot of bad decisions. So that's nice. You don't see him make a lot of danger throws or just, you know, YOLO the ball out there. He seems to have method to his madness when he's playing. He's really good at stepping up in the pocket, moving around to get a couple extra seconds, but he's always keeping his eyes downfield. He's always looking to pass. He's not looking to run some of the other prospects we may talk about you know they may be more one and gun you know just like okay don't see anything on my first read i'm i'm heading out um but yeah i mean i really do i think he's a really good prospect i feel like he's you know like you said if if you need if if you can't afford to miss and you need a quarterback i feel like you should be looking at bryce young if that's where you're at you know if you're the 101 102 sort of range and you need a quarterback for your super flex league i feel like you should be looking at bryce young i imagine i can't imagine he doesn't go either one or two in the nfl draft it would be very shocking to me if he didn't um and either way you know it's really interesting that you brought, brought that up i think it's a really good point and something that i love about the whole draft process as much as i love you know dynasty fantasy football obviously i'm running a dynasty show i love the real nfl draft 
process and cycle. I love listening to, you know, shows like Move the Sticks or listening to shows like Prospects to Pros and listening to these guys like Lance Searline, Dean Brugler, Je- Daniel Jeremiah, who actually, you know, they're getting into these prospects and the offensive line and the DBs and they're talking about team building and all that. I find that absolutely fascinating. And you're absolutely right. A lot of these guys that, you know, we probably would have been drafting in the first rounds of our rookie drafts because they're the high draft picks in the NFL drafts. They're going into horrible situations, the Baker Mayfields, the Sam Darnolds, you know, um, the Josh Rosens, heaven forbid. Uh, Well, you said the the team, Kyler Murray. Yeah, Kyler Murray. I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, we're drafting because they are exciting prospects. And yes, they have that draft capital, but they're going into less than ideal situations where honestly, whoever goes to Carolina is a pretty sweet situation. Like they've got an amazing coaching staff. They have a very good offensive line, which I think is a super underrated part of the ability of a new quarterback to really succeed in the NFLs. How good is their offensive line? Their offensive line is very good. Uh, they have a really good coaching staff. I believe in Frank Reich. I know he had a bad last year there, but I really believe in him. I believe in a lot of the pieces that he's putting together kind of a superstar, you know, infinity gauntlet, if you will, coaching staff in Carolina. I like the moves to bring in Adam Thielen. I like the moves to bring in DJ Chark. It feels like, you know, they brought in Miles Sanders there. They've got some nice pieces to help a young rookie quarterback succeed. So whoever goes in Carolina, I'm happy. I feel that's really good for them. But and saying that, Houston is a really interesting one because we don't know it yet. We haven't seen it on, you know, actually happen, but I have very high hopes for the coaching staff in Houston um, personally. And I love that they have so much draft capital. So again, they don't have as complete of a roster as Carolina, but they have some draft capital. They've got some ammunition to start putting some pieces around the young quarterback. So hopefully it's not going to be just a complete dumpster fire. So I think that's a little interesting nuance there that we can get into. But yeah, for, for me, Bryce Young, definitely if you're in a super flex league, um, you know, he's probably the first quarterback off the board in, in my in my draft. Uh, I take it you feel the same, Memphis? If I'm, if I'm playing for safety, yes. We'll talk to my non-safe number one here in just a bit. I want to say this. If, if you're rooting for Houston to get a quarterback that can help that franchise, you're rooting for Bryce Young. I believe Bryce Young can carry a bad owner. It's been a bad owner. I forget the guy's name. He inherited it from his father, who was a bad owner. He's got a meh GM. And you need a strong leader at the quarterback position to come in and and handle that organization. Remember, they ran Deshaun Watson out of there. Deshaun Watson was a winner for all of his off-the-field proclivities. Picadillos, there's a Southern word for you. All of his off-the-field picadillos. Deshaun Watson can play football. And they ran that dude out of town. Or he ran himself out of town, whichever way you want to look at it. I, I believe that. If everything were to go perfectly for Houston, I so on the safe side, if I, I would have about this, I have the two safe quarterbacks. I have CJ Stroud and I have Bryce Young. I'm going to take the one that lands in Carolina over the one that lands in Houston. This is not about a talent profile. We'll get to CJ Stroud here in a bit. I think both guys are incredibly, incredibly good football players. But part of this is kind of like when you marry someone, you don't just marry your spouse, you marry their entire family. You're not just marrying these quarterbacks or drafting them. You're you're drafting and marrying up to that entire franchise. Carolina's been very stable. They have a very smart, their owner is a legend on Wall Street. He's a hedge fund, money-making legend. He's not afraid to spend. He's going to do what it takes to put a winner on the field. I can't say that for Houston. I can say that for Carolina. So if I have to choose between one of the two safe guys, 
whether that be Stroud or Young, it's really going to come down to who gets the Carolina landing spot, to be quite honest. So they're 1A and 1B for me. I know we'll get into some uh, deeper dive on Stroud here in just a few. But yeah, man, for me, I'm, I, I hate to say it, they're both they're both very close and landing spot dependent. Yeah, I like that because I actually like that take a lot. And we're not talking about Stroud just yet, so we'll not get too far down that rabbit hole. But I really like your thought process there, Memphis, because I think that one of the really annoying sort of like – for lack of a better term, really like fart sniffy sort of like dynasty uh, takes out there is always like, you know, um, you, you can't be, you know, for quarterbacks and wide receivers, you can't let landing spot like dictate, you know, they can't let all that sort of stuff. You need to, you know, stick to your process and all that. And it's like, no, that's not really totally true because ultimately, like we just said, somebody lands in a spot with a good offensive line, good coaching staff. You should want them above somebody who lands in a garbage, you know, an absolute just dumpster fire of a situation, no matter how good they are. Very, very few rookie quarterbacks are going to be that good that they can completely turn around, you know, an absolute dumpster fire of an organization uh, single handedly. So I think that, you know, absolutely love that take. I like Bryce Young. I think he's probably the most skilled, you know, all around, fully ready to go quarterback, but I completely get your point and I, and I love it. Um, we are going to move on. We are going to talk about another guy. I thought, you know, it kind of made sense. It was easy. It was like the low hanging fruit to go Bryce Young straight into CJ Stroud, but I'm going to mix it up. I've got to keep, I've got to keep Memphis honest. I've got to keep him on his toes here. So I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to talk about Mr. Will Manny's and his coffee Levis. Um, I, I like the dude. I'm interested to hear what Memphis has to say. I'm interested to hear some takes hot or not. So Mr. Will Levis, if you don't know much about him, let me just give you a little bit of a rundown here. He played last couple of years here for Kentucky. He's a 23-year-old senior, uh, three, former three-star recruit, six foot four, 229 pounds. So a really nice, solid build. We, you know, we have one of the only real major knocks on Bryce Young, who we just talked about, would be like his size. He is a little bit short, um, and that's putting it nicely. And you know, like I said, he kind of beefed up a little bit to just tip the scales just over 200 pounds word on the street is he probably plays closer to like 190 um so there is some some concerns durability wise will levis much bigger dude 6'4 229 uh couple of so a couple of interesting things about mr levis you know he totaled 43 career touchdown passes um in his two years starting for the university of kentucky which is fifth on their career like list which is pretty cool pretty impressive when you think he only started two years there so he's not a four yes he's a senior but he actually transferred from Penn State after the 2020 season. So he spent a couple of years at Penn State, wasn't really breaking in there, wasn't clicking for him. He took his opportunity, transferred to Kentucky, and um, seemingly was a good choice for him. He played more, had more success there. And a little tidbit there, I know we've talked about you know Memphis being a closer. We've talked about baseball. Might as well throw in here. He also lettered in baseball at Xavier uh, when he was younger. So I like to see multi-sport athletes, especially quarterbacks. I find that there's a lot of um, interesting kind of cross, cross training there. You see a lot of guys like Mahomes, and Kyler Murray were really good at baseball or, you know, just, I just like to see that it just trains different parts of their bodies, different parts of their minds. You just see like a really interesting um, element to it, I believe. So again, Mr. Levis, two years in Penn State just wasn't really happening for him. He only had, you know, 47 pass attempts uh, in 2019, 55 pass attempts in 2020. So it just, it clearly wasn't meant to be. He took the bull by the horns, as the saying goes, went to Kentucky and Kentucky is, you know, in the SEC. Yes, it's not the bell of the ball, um, but it is in the SEC. And, you know, his first year there, he plays 13 games. 
353 pass attempts. He has 66% completion percentage. He throws for 2,800 yards. Um, he has 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So a really nice first year, to, pretty big jump to go from like not really playing to playing competitively and and doing well and we've already mentioned you know he's kind of fifth all time and i i just picked that stat out but he actually if you go through this list of of the things that he accomplished there in his two years at kentucky he's actually fifth sixth kind of on the list of a couple of different passing um categories for them so i obviously could speak to the lack of quality quarterback play for kentucky but it is it, to be fair to him it's pretty impressive to be able to do that for a, a an organization in only two years uh then last year he played in 11 games he did miss a couple of games so i think and i'll let memphis kind of talk about this and he might bring it up as well one thing i do think is really important to bear in mind i feel like it's pretty obvious when you watch his tape is he was beat up a lot in 2022 and i think people forget this a lot um you know he missed a couple games i believe with turf toe which you can imagine for a guy who's considered a mobile quarterback that is massive i mean we've seen absolute superstars in the nfl miss multiple multiple games of a season with turf toe he only missed one or two games but he played with turf toe quite a lot he also had a shoulder injury so he was really banged up he kept playing which speaks to his toughness um and his like just willingness to be out there with his dudes he played in 11 games had 283 pass attempts 65.4 percent completion percentage through for 2400 yards and uh, 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions so little bit more interceptions than you would like to see but definitely still productive even with a worse sort of supporting cast he lost you know he obviously um he obviously lost a couple guys to the nfl draft the year before things like that so before i go into kind of my thoughts how i'm feeling about mr levis i am going to throw over to to memphis here and i want to hear your takes hot or not what do you think about mr levis and what are his chances of being an indianapolis colt uh one Will Levis is my favorite, I didn't say best, but my favorite QB prospect on the board. Um, I think if you're looking for the home run, that it, and I'm not saying that he's going to be this, but if you're looking for indicators that are going to allow this guy to be Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, he shares commonalities with all of those guys. So first of all, what's the big knock or Picadillo? That's going to be the word of the pod. Write that down if you're listening at home. Picadillo, throw it in the Google machine. What's been the Picadillo on Will Levis? It's been his, he's inaccurate. If you go back over his last two years, his completion percentage is almost identical to Bryce Young's. They've both been right around 65.5% completions over two years. And the number of attempts is about 150 different. But that doesn't dissuade me. What does he have in common with Patrick Mahomes? A lot of people who are newer to Dynasty, because thanks to guys like Matthew Barry, the fantasy footballers, Dynasty is on a much larger stage than it was five or six years ago. So more people are paying attention to it and more people are creating content on it. But if you were around when Patrick Mahomes was a prospect, if you hated Will Levis, you probably would have hated Patrick Mahomes. Why? Because he played in the air raid at Texas Tech. He threw 25 interceptions at Texas Tech. We wouldn't have liked his gunslinger mentality. We would allow the comparisons of things we don't like about Will Levis. We wouldn't have liked about Patrick Mahomes. Now let's go to the year after that. Let's, go, let's talk about Josh Allen. Or actually, two, uh, I believe it was yeah, one year after that. Let's talk about Josh Allen. You know, we, we weren't sure what he could be. He was big. He was athletic. He had this ginormous arm. But you know what else Josh Allen and Will Levis have in common, besides a big athletic arm, is they both had over 23 starts in college. And that matters. You know, people want to say, you know, Trubisky and, the, and these other guys, 
You know, a lot of these guys only had 13 starts in college. Will Levis has had two. You know, what's he have in common with, with Justin Herbert, you say? He's incredibly intelligent. Justin Herbert was almost a perfect student in, in chemistry at the University of Oregon. Extremely intelligent guy. Will Levis, almost a perfect grade point average in finance at the University of Kentucky. And Will Levis was recruited by colleges and just keep track of these. Columbia, Harvard, Princeton, and Yale. You know what those schools have in common? They're all in the Ivy League. They don't let dummies in the Ivy League. So he's very smart, like Justin Herbert. None of these things individually mean he's going to be a success in the NFL. I think part of the reason why Patrick Mahomes is because he landed with Andy Reid and got to be a, do a one-year redshirt behind a guy like Alex Smith, a true pro. Josh Allen's not Josh Allen without the help of Jordan Palmer, elite quarterback coach, by the way, coach of Mr. Will Levis, you know, or the coaching of Brian Dayball. So you asked me the question, would I like Will Levis to land with my Indianapolis Colts? Yes, sir, I would. I've, I've seen, seen uh, Shane Steichen work with Justin Herbert. Uh, I saw not this past year, but the year before, the, the Philadelphia Eagles were struggling when Nick Sirianni, the head coach, was you know in charge of the offense. And about midway through that season, he turned the offense over to Shane Steichen, and the Eagles end up backdooring the playoffs that year. And then this past year, we saw what the offense under Shane Steichen could be with Jalen Hurts. Again, none of this is this is to guarantee the listener that Will Levis is going to be Jalen Hurts or Mahomes or Herbert or Allen, but he said he shares so much commonality with all of these guys, including lots of college starts, two-year starter Mahomes, two-year starter Justin Herbert, two-year starter Josh Allen quarterback coach Jordan Palmer to help work out some of those mechanical flaws. So much upside, so much potential. Um, does he have his warts? Yes, he does. Is he a bit too much of a bro taking taking bathroom selfies and, and looking for that good lighting? Yeah, but I can relate. I think if, if, you, if you've been a gym bro at any time, you're always looking for good lighting. So, so does he have opportunities? Yes, he does. But is he the guy on my not safe side? that I could absolutely see, you know, being a top three dynasty quarterback in three years. Yeah, I do. Uh, out of everybody in this class, he has the biggest combination of a floor, depending on where he lands. Because again, Patrick Mahomes is not Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid. And Jalen Hurts is not Jalen Hurts. And, and so we've already been down this road. So if Will Levis lands with, like, with the Raiders, even though they got Josh McDaniels, I'm not excited. If he lands in, 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 in Houston with the Texans, definitely not excited. But if he lands in an Indianapolis or a team that can really, really accentuate what he already does as a passer, I'm going to be in. And the last thing I have on him is he spent two years in a pro-style offense. He, I, I don't remember the other offensive coordinator. I'm drawing a blank. But one was Nick Scangarella, who came over from the 49ers and ran the West Coast offense. He's already seen a lot of this. He understands a lot of what's done in the pros. So is he a perfect prospect? Far from it. Does he have his, again, picadillos? Absolutely, he does. But is he a guy that I'm going to be looking to get massive shares of in, in Superflex? Absolutely. Do I think he can bust? Absolutely. Um, but I, he's the guy I'm going to take a chance on. Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. That's another there good one. Go. That's, that's a, another good one. There's, well, there's another, I told you I was going to sprinkle them in. Pinch my you. toes and call me a jelly donut. But now I'm with you. 
I'm smelling what you're stepping in. See, he gets it. I'm on the same page. I'm making I'm making Memphis feel at home, and that's the most important thing. I love it. I love these hot takes. I'm all about that life. Um, I, yeah, I mean, for me, Will Levis is very, very interesting prospect. Uh, you know, you, you make some really good points there. I liked thing. You know, it's interesting because you hear people talk about him, and so you get an idea in your head of what you're going to see, and then when you actually start digging into it yourself, sometimes you're really surprised, either in a good way or in a bad way. I feel like for the most part, it was actually in a good way. You know because a lot of people have been getting higher and higher on Anthony Richardson because of his athleticism and his testing. A lot of people were already high about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud did a really had a really nice combine things like that. I haven't heard a lot of people getting super excited about Will Levis um and and like you mentioned there Memphis a lot of kind of derogatory comments about his 2022 and kind of just, you know, I don't know, he's got a lot of problems here, his accuracy and this, that, and the other. So things I did like, I mean, I think he has a nice, really quick release. He has such a strong arm. So I definitely see the kind of Josh Allen, Mahomes kind of comparisons. It's wild because you watch him and a lot of times he's not even doing the full like normal throwing motion where he's following through and everything. He's literally just like flinging his, letting the arm do all of the work. And his arm does do some work, let me tell you. He absolutely is out there throwing lasers. You know, he does get really nice zip on the ball. He does get the ball into tight windows. But again, reason he has all those interceptions, he, he makes a lot of dangerous throws at this point in time. You know, he zips it in to double and triple teams. He zips it across the middle when he probably shouldn't. Uh, can I it's cut you it's interesting, though, because you said something really smart there. Can I, can I interject? Yeah. I well, I would love to hear me saying something really smart. So please, please enlighten why do you, me. Why do you think that he tries to zip the ball in there? Because he trusts his arm. Who else trusts their arm? For good or bad, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, even Jalen Hurts. Yeah. If you can sing, you sing in the shower. You sing in the shower. You, you sing in the car. You sing. And when you can throw a football, and you believe in your ability to throw a football. You're not going to be afraid of double coverage. Is it going to burn you sometimes? The Brett Favre theory, absolutely. But that doesn't. The, the interceptions didn't bother me with Patrick Mahomes, and they don't bother me with Will Levis. That's a that's an argument that was meh for me. Sorry, but but you did you did inspire me there. No. Yeah, well, there you go. This is all. This is what we're trying to do: is inspire people and create change. So I, I, I was actually kind of what I was going to go for was I actually prefer in a quarterback. I prefer that you need to rein them in a little bit than to try and get the dog out of them, you know, because I feel like you can't make someone who's too timid, too shy, always just going to take the safe throws, the little five yard dump offs. It's like to try, you can't really make them aggressive sometimes. And that is like where you get your Teddy Bridgewaters and these guys who are just safe. Okay. Hold the fort down sort of quarterbacks. The guys who are, don't get me wrong. They're, you know, big swings, but their big hits or their big misses are the guys who have that just, gunslinger, passionate, absolutely competitive. And it's interesting because I wrote a note here while I was watching his 22 film, because I went back and I thought, I want to see some 21 because I'm curious because I knew he'd really beat up in 22. And honestly, I do get even more excited about him as a prospect when I go back and throw on some 21 because you see a more healthy, more, you know, uh, a guy with Wandale Robinson and a couple other players around him that, you know, a better supporting cast. Pretty exciting stuff, really. And I actually wrote down... A note, and this is kind of how I feel about him. And it's interesting. I feel like in 22, the reason he's doing some of these quote unquote dangerous passes a lot of the times is because I actually think so people are putting it down as like, you know, he's bad decision making or whatever. I actually feel like he was playing through so many injuries, turf, toe, shoulder, this, that, and the other. 
I feel like he's actually seen he was seeing the game quicker than his body was able to you know really create you know what i mean i don't know how to better put that but i feel like he was seeing it and he knows where he wants to go and he knows what he wants to do but his body could only do so much with his shoulder and his toe and his injuries that he was playing through and the bad offensive line and the supporting cast so i feel like he put himself in these situations a lot of times because he's such a competitor he really wants to get that ball out he really wants to make that big play he really wants something to happen so i absolutely love your take there and i think the nice thing is at the moment it seems like he is going last of the kind of big four quote unquote of you know so you're getting the most value on him in your rookie drafts and if you feel similar to memphis at this stage in time and you're sort of at the 103 you might even be able to trade back a few spots get some extra you know get some extra juice out of that and still get him at the 106 or something like that which is pretty awesome obviously depending on how it goes in the nfl draft you may not be able to get as much of a discount on him if he does go in the top five or something like that but i I really like your points there memphis and i do agree i really like will levis a lot i feel like he's got hugely strong arm i feel like he's got some he's got a really nice deep ball on him as well which isn't everything but it is exciting and it leads to those big plays that we love from justin herbert we love from patrick mahomes and it can really make your day in fantasy 180 yard bomb touchdown can really help you so anything else you wanted to throw out there about mr levis here before we move on nope uh if you want any more will levis love please please check out dynasty war zone on youtube or wherever you get podcasts and uh, you'll find a lot from me there you have it folks first episode of the quarterback breakdowns with my good buddy memphis definitely coming in hot with some some spicy takes there hopefully you enjoyed that let us know what you think um if you're enjoying the podcast if you're enjoying the usual prospects make sure and subscribe first and foremost you don't want to miss any of these episodes you can go back and check out the old episodes if you have any prospects you're wanting to hear more about um but yeah if you also have 30 to 45 seconds in your super busy lives drop a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform it really helps out the show i really appreciate it and hey who doesn't like to help each other out especially when it costs nothing Um, but yeah guys come back again next week we are going to dive into further into these quarterbacks we are so close to the draft now it is getting super duper exciting have a great weekend we will see you next week I draft zero RB in dynasty pass up a young receiver nah I couldn't be me my fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven not sure if i'm dead because i think this is heaven i forget what he said and listen to me what you really want to do is stack those rbs you can be linda just let me be frank those rbs on your roster is money in the bank one says it's awful the other says it's great it's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate